in the kitchen and Zelda is partaking in some of those darn pranks, like calling up a tobacco shop owner in a Frank Conniff costume and asking him <laughs> if he sells Prince Albert in a can. Only for him to open a tin of Prince Albert and find a very polite, very real, very small Prince Albert inside. However, who knows anything about Prince Albert? I know what our Prince Albert is. Well, <laughs> there, is, there is that. What, what I don't know. That's what I was really worried about. That was going to be in the tin. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Just remind me, a Prince Albert, is, is, that, is that a pierced bellend? Yes. yes. Right, yeah. What yeah. I don't know is it's if, a pierced cock. It's if the man himself had that piercing and that's where it comes from. I don't know. No, that was the rumour. That, that was the rumour. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. But what I do know about Prince Albert is that although he was married to Queen Victoria of England, he was German. Yes. And that's why the royal family of today has a lot of German ancestry. Do you mean incestry? Take that! Welcome to Sabrina the Teenage Watch, the podcast where three tyrannical totalitarian trombonists review all 163 episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. My name is Phil, and joining me this week, as they are every week, are my friends, my compadres, to the host that is myself. First of all, is Mr. Graham Riley. Hello, Phil. Hi, Graham. How are you? I'm not bad. Um... As uh, I'd just like to point out, probably will only make sense to the UK listeners, um, but I am uh, no relation uh, to uh, Countdown uh, Numbers person, Rachel Riley, yes. and I have never bullied a 16-year-old on Twitter for their political views. Hashtag not all Rileys. <laughs> Thank you for clearing that up, Graham. And also joining us in the, in the lounge is Mr Chris Evans. Hello, Chris. Oh, that was that was almost the fun fact train. Almost. But just an actual little toot in there as well. Yeah, I thought I, I should jazz it up a bit. Good, because otherwise you have to tell us a fun fact. Yeah, you that's will. very true. Well, well you know what? Actually, fun fact, I, I as we're talking about relations, uh, I too am no relation to either of the two Chris Evanses, Captain America or the Radio 2 DJ. So this week, boys, um, we're up to episode 13. Uh, it's unlucky for some, not for Captain Scarlet, it's his favourite number. It is, yes. lucky number. But in here, this uh, episode 13 of season 3, it's called What... Rice, Harvey. Um, boys, was this an unlucky episode? Was this one that you enjoyed before we go into it? No, it was one that I enjoyed. I mean, we talked about the last episode, didn't we? Having a bit of a bit of a sort of a conservative sort of a, a bit of a, a snootiness to it, didn't we? Uh, well, and this one though, uh, this time they they turned it round. They went to the other end of the spectrum, didn't they? Because uh, this one had a uh, stinging critique of capitalism, didn't it? Yeah, and I tell you what, they had it coming, didn't they? It's about time somebody said, about time somebody told those capitalists that, you know, it's, it's, it's not good. What Price Harvey follows uh, Sabrina's thirst for Harvey to be more ambitious, so she douses him in, uh, like, an ambitious uh, perfume, and, uh, yeah, he becomes a little too ambitious, to the point where he's going to demolish the school and destroy the lives of all its residents. Yeah. Well, let's just clear that up. It wasn't just the school. It was also the old folks' home and the orphanage. Kinkle Inc. Yes. I did enjoy that. I did like that. 
or just K Ink would have been fun. Kink. Kink, kink Ink. Kink King. Yeah. Kink Ink. Yeah, oh no, actually, Kink Ink actually exists and uh, is uh, a website. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they're not paying us anything. We're getting samples though. Go to their website and enter the code Sabrina for a free whip. <laughs> <laughs> Just pay the delivery costs. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, so, boys, so obviously, as we said, this uh, episode explores the uh, the ruthless aggression of capitalism. I think it worked to sort of counterbalance uh, what we saw last time. I thought that also uh, another issue it addressed, which we've been talking about quite a bit in several recent episodes, as a matter of fact, um, is uh, Hilda and Zelda being misallocated storylines. Yes. Like, you know, Hilda getting into some Zelda-like situations and vice versa. And in this episode, they quite literally swapped personality. They did. They were like, people are getting confused and bringing it up to us every week. So you know what? Fuck it, let's just get... Let's just swap them over. So, yeah, I'd like to see that consciously done. Although I felt it might have had more impact if they hadn't kept making them act like each other for mm. <laughs> numerous yeah. episodes leading up to this. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. But I thought they handled the whole uh, swapping of roles here quite well uh, with the addition of a, of a great guest star as well. So yeah, I did enjoy this episode. Not only did they swap roles, but I think, consciously, they also had a slight costume change. Yeah, a the bit, outfit yeah. sort of melded so that Hilda was dressing more like Zelda and Zelda was dressing more like Hilda. It was quite nice to see. They also changed their voices slightly. Slightly. I think Caroline Ray was better at affecting Beth Broderick's intonation than Beth was uh, at, at Caroline. She just became a little posher. Yeah, way, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, it was very studied. I thought it was very, um, very definitely. And watched some footage of uh, of Beth in action and uh, copied her, her speech rhythm as well, as well yes. as sort of you know being more well spoken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The real close attention yeah. to to pitch, intonation, inflection, pace, and clarity. As are all the products readily available at King King. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we might as well crack on Whoosh! so the episode opens on Hilda being a right giddy girty as she's excited about seeing cousin Zaza Gooigi yeah and this is the first time we've seen Hilda at all excited about meeting a, uh, a relative Yeah. Um, and this is the first relative who is very much Hilda's speed i.e. a complete tinker Yes. Uh, wasn't sure what words you were going for, but Tinker is, is yes. absolutely right. Uh, well, we might as well, right off the bat, introduce our uh, Zaza Agoo Wiggy. Um, her name suggests, or at least Sabrina suggests, she's from Sweden. But uh, where is uh, Zaza Agoo Wiggy from, Greg? Well, uh, her name is Cheryl Lee Ralph, um, and she, she is an American uh, actress uh, and singer. Um, that sounds like a reading a Wikipedia, but folks, I'm not, honestly. Um, he did that earlier. Yeah, <laughs> I did that earlier and remembered the one uh, notable thing uh, about her. I mean, she has had a long career appearing in various uh, stage and uh, television programmes and uh, the odd film, but uh, the most notable thing uh, by far is that she was uh, Tony nominated in the early 1980s. And I didn't realise this musical was that old. But she was Tony nominated um, for the original Broadway production of Dreamgirls. Right. She played the character which was later played by Beyonce Knowles in the film, which I believe was 2006. Something like that, yeah. Um, so it took them over 20 years. It took them 25 years to make a film of a, of a successful musical. They are not that uh, patient now, are they? Oh, God. Now, now originality is dead. It would be like the following year. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I didn't realise Dreamgirls was that old. But, yeah, she was she was the original. Uh, not only that, but they're also going back through their back catalogue and making films, musicals and musicals films. Like, 
Annie. Yeah, that's... Oh, Annie, Annie was was a, was a film recently, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, Annie's yep. been remade as a film. Uh, Matilda's now a musical, but again, that's going back into the back catalogue. Yeah, the... And it's just, it's just non-stop. I don't know where it's going to end. Yeah, the, the wedding singer. Spider-Man, the musical, that's a thing. Yeah, you know, I've seen it. Yeah. yeah, I know you've seen it. That's why I said it. Yeah, thank you. You're not a problem. I'm very aware of your life. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the, the important uh, question, the, the one that's on everyone's lips, is Graham. What time was she born? Um, I unfortunately don't have that information to bring you at this point in time. I am desperately trying to uh, contact uh, Cheryl's parents, and I will hopefully be able to bring that information to you at a later date. Thank you. So stay tuned for uh, an update on uh, on when she was born, coming possibly in a later episode. So that's Zaza Gooey. Thank you very much, Graham, for your Wikipedia for fuck's sakeing. Uh, she's a great practical joker, and Hilda is already distracted by her impending visit, even enough to disregard her upcoming potential plot device, a violin audition. Remember those days? Yeah, Hilda's job. <laughs> Plays the violin. You know, not really a job, just her... Income and her talent. Well, it is a job in effect. I mean, yeah, technically, musician. Technically, she's not paid to be a witch. She's paid to play and teach violin. Yes. Therefore, she's a musician. Yeah. yeah. And Zelda's Zelda's job is alluded to almost every episode because obviously the laptop is now a, a cornerstone of a lot of plots. Yeah. Um, and she's always talking about research that she needs to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Hilda's job's not been revisited in a while, and it sounds like she really doesn't have any passion for it anymore. No. Some may say. She hasn't got the ambition needed. I thought you were going to say, you could say, it's not really, she's been stringing it along. Uh, stringing it along is not really relevant to the situation either, you know. No. Okay. So, I mean, bottom line is, she was, and... yeah, no, I, I, know, I know violence but if, strings, but yeah. if, you stri- if you're stringing someone along, you, 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 you sort of, you're fooling them, aren't you? She's not fooling her violin, is she? No, okay. no she's not. Shall we move on? Okay. Let's not fret about it, boys. Ha! Hey! There we go. There we go. <laughs> He's back! And we're He's back, back in the game! <laughs> Can you imagine if people are listening to that and they're like, all that for fret? <laughs> <laughs> all that for a joke? I've already written! Uh, Zelda opens the fridge and squeals and faints upon seeing a snake in there. And then Hilda does the same when she realises it's a real one and not Zaza. She does an inward scream. It's like, like a that. squeal like a piggy. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Ne- ne- beaty. So she faints, and then yeah, and it turned, uh, Hilda thought that uh, it was Jarzar that was that was the snake, but it turns out she's around the corner. She's put an actual python in the in the fridge. Yes, shit. Uh, the title. Speaking of shit, the title's roll, and she's dressed as a leprechaun, and yeah. she says, "Other leprechauns look up to me." Fact. Yeah, bad joke, but she's a normal-sized human woman. Mm-hmm. And leprechauns, as we know, little diddy fellas. Little fellas, yeah. So they would indeed hook up to her. That's fine. That's fair enough. We don't ask you to make us laugh. We just ask for the truth. And that's what you gave us. It's fine. We can move on. I'm wondering whether we'll see this one repeated, because in a future episode, uh, Roland returns as a new job as a leprechaun. Oh, I see. Okay. So I'm wondering whether this will return... Or they'll recycle it, or they'll do something that's more relevant to this episode. Yeah, yeah. Either it either will return and we'll say that's lazy, or it won't return and we'll say why the fuck didn't they use it for the episode with the leprechaun in. So really, they can't win. No, no they, they, can't. they can't. They can't. They can't. They'll we'll be upset either way. Yeah. Yes. Unless it's an absolute killer. 
Uh, we're in the front room where Jar Jar has taken the form of an Avon rep as she offers the latest beauty products and cosmetics to the Spellman family. Except for Salem, as he writes bad checks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. numerous pseudonyms. We've um, learned many times that Salem's uh, financial arrangements are uh, are dubious, to, uh, to say the least. Yes, yeah. but yes, the, the, he is a dirty hustler in, in some occasions, and even is. in the uh, in the beauty game, it seems. Yeah, you've you've got to also look at the the fact that uh, she's an Avon rep, sort of thing. Yeah, but other realm, it's like capitalism at its best, pyramid scheme. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, it's like this is a very this episode is very he, very heavily endowed in capitalism. But yeah, because it, it turns out that the reason why she's in this uh, cosmetic game is because all of her a uh, trust fund ran out. So she was a trust fund. Yes, yeah. she must have rich parents. Yeah, so all that money's gone. So I guess she put the last bit of it in this upselling uh, game and just selling people all these dangerous, well, mi- dangerously misselling people these. Uh, these products. Um, Salem is uh, worried about bags under his eyes, yes. isn't he? He's getting on in uh, cat years. I mean, that, that's how good these this robot is, this puppet. The fact that they've incorporated bags. <laughs> they've incorporated <laughs> ageing. But um, yeah, he's looking for some cream that will get rid of them. He's looking for something that will get the bags out of the cat. Oh! oh! How long were you sitting on that? Um, literally came to me in the last uh, 30 seconds. That's how quick I work. <laughs> so whereas me, myself, Phil, has to write these gags down. Graham just, <laughs> oh, they just come off the top of his head. I, I'm just present. And you're just here, Chris. <laughs> I, I'm here. Contribute something at some point, okay. In, in, in Monty Python, they said of Graham Chapman that he wasn't usually the guy that came up with the gags. But if Graham said something was funny, it was funny and it went over well. And if Graham said something was bad, it was bad and nobody liked it, nobody remembered it. So Chris is the Graham Chapman of the group. There we go. I like that. Thank you, Graham. And if we made a film, you'd play the lead role. So there we go. Well, there we go. You are an actor. I am yeah. an actor. He was, yeah. he was the best actor of the group as well. So, uh, yeah. There you go. Makes well, sense. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. There we go. Oh my God, we're actually being kind to each other. This Ooh. is nice. This yeah. is how long this will last. So new, it's a New Year's resolution, and they never last long, do they? <laughs> well, I was going to say, what's Phil's next line that he's written down? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'll go. <laughs> Uh, Zsa Zsa offers Zelda some makeup, but instead of her perfect colour being inside the box, it's one of those flying sausage things. Yeah, the... I don't know what they are. It's one of those boings. <laughs> yeah, it's that. Oh, here, here's a t- can of nuts. I'll just have it. Boing! <laughs> what? Are, sometimes they're shaped like steaks. I don't think this one is. Steaks? Though. Steaks? What, Sna- like oh, Buffy the Vampire no, Slayer? Snake oh, oh, snakes. Like she left in the fridge. Sometimes uh, yeah. they've got like snake heads on them and things, but I don't think this one does. No, this is just like a sausage thing. Maybe a worm. Let's say worm. Let's say worm. Yeah. Let's say a boingy worm. Yeah, because then it's like opening up a can of worms, which we've seen uh, referred to in previous yeah. episodes. Yeah, Indeed. there you go. Yeah, it's a boingy worm. Okay, so uh, Jar Jar offers Zelda some makeup, but instead of her perfect colour being inside the box, it's a boingy worm thing. Jar Jar hands Sabrina some blusher before she heads to school, which instantly turns her cheeks purple when she isn't looking. Oh. Luckily, it doesn't last, and we don't get boy was my face purple and a complete uh, rehash of a previous episode. Uh, in school, and after he tells Sabrina about her purple cheeks, Harvey then breaks the devastating news Sabrina thought she'd never hear. He doesn't want to go to college. He's decided that he's going to be a mechanic, so he doesn't need any further education, which sends Sabrina into a right tiz. Did you like this side of 
Sabrina? No, and I'll tell you for why. Oh, yeah, you, do. you you tell us for why, and then I'll chip in at the end. I mean, one, it's very snobby. Yes. It, you know, the whole idea that you need to go to university in order to be worth worthy as a human being. I mean, you know, it's ridiculous. Um, you know, lots of great people never went to university, such as Jeremy Corbyn and Phil's wife. Yeah, and she never really... It's not... Even though there is sort of a lesson learned in a way in that you shouldn't push people around, the whole... It's bad that he's not going to college and he, he needs to go to college in order to be worth anything in life. That's never really dispelled. Sabrina's never really made to reconsider that mm-hmm. opinion. Which is like, that's what the show is telling its young viewers who, not too many years on from uh, from viewing this, would be going to uh, university or making a decision whether to or not. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's like in America, but it was very much pressed upon us that you have to go to university. And if you don't, what the hell are you doing? I know... Personally, people who did go to university because everybody else was doing it very quickly found it wasn't for them, and they were stuck with the feeling of failure and the debt. Yeah. So yeah, um, very very unhealthy message being um, perpetrated by Frank Conniff here in his writing. So um, we we're, we're big fans, Frank, but in this particular case, shame on you. Yes, shame on you, Frank. If only you'd come up with a funny tobacco-related joke later on. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, Chris goes. Because why I think is, is Sabrina, is she just being awful, as, as what Graham says, or, or is she just being overly supportive? She wants the best for Harvey, but the best for Harvey, in her mind, is what's really the best for her. Yeah, she does. She just wants, she wants the best for Harvey, and she, wants, she, she sees a life with Harvey, but what she doesn't see in her, her vision, in her opinion, is Harvey... Being a mechanic, she doesn't see that. She wants the best for him, but the best for Harvey is what he enjoys, and he enjoys being a mechanic. Yeah, it's a shame, because as, as much as she loves and, and genuinely cares for Harvey, she still kind of wants him to be in the image that she wants him to be in, which it is not him. She doesn't want him to be himself, which is a grease ball, a grease monkey, a grease ball, a, you know, a mechanic. <laughs> grease ball's a different thing. Yeah, I know, yeah, I, yeah. I just went with it, it's grease. Um, <laughs> Lightning. Yeah. <laughs> and there we go, we might as well, that could be our, our word of the week, grease. Grease is the word <laughs> of, the, of, the, of the week. Yeah, because uh, Sabrina envisions and she shares with us a dream of her coming back from a busy day of being an executive vice... Whatever. Uh, vice whatever. Nobody cares. And uh, Harvey is sat in the front room covered in grease. That's the word. And watching NASCAR and shouting at someone whose car's exploded. uh, Throwing popcorn at the screen. Well, he very specifically says, you're stopping just because your engine's on fire. What are you, a girl? Just so we know that on top of being, you know, top of having this dirty working class occupation and watching this dirty working class sport, he's also a misogynist. It's very important we get that in there. However, though, he still clearly loves Sabrina because he's like, yeah. he's very, he's like, you know what? As soon as I fix this new ride up, I'm going to take you for a drive. Yeah. Uh, Sabrina brings this catastrophic news to her aunts. Hilda didn't go to college, so she reckons he'll be fine because he'll have time for more fun. While Zelda pities his lack of drive and ambition. The pair of them bicker before Jar Jar offers a suggestion. Walk a mile moccasins. Chris, you're a big fan of literal... Uh, sort of object jokes, aren't you? Uh, we've had goody two shoes. Uh, we've had 
others. <laughs> I can't remember off the top of my head. We've had loads though. We, we've, we've, and they, they've always think uh, that's made us uh, laugh a lot. Do you like Walker Mile moccasins? I do like Walker Mile moccasins. I do like Walker Mile moccasins because they're called moccasins mm. rather than shoes or pumps or whatever you want to call it. It's I'd, moccasins. Mm. It's a word you don't often hear, but it brought joy. To my ears. Yeah, and, and the joke as well went down well about walk a mile in someone's shoes. What, oh, what, yeah, I mean, yeah, what's yeah. the phrase, Graham? Yeah, um, well, it's uh, if, if, you, if you really want to know a man, well, it doesn't have to be a man, obviously in this case it's really women. really want to know a witch. really want to know a witch, walk a mile in her shoes. But then obviously there's the Billy Connolly joke, if you walk a mile in a man's shoes, then you're a mile away from him and you've got your shoes. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is better. But um, yeah, walk a mile in someone's shoes and you, you get to know who they are. So yeah. Hildren's Elder, through these moccasins, um, inherit one another's personalities and yeah, supposedly understand more where each other's coming from. But that doesn't really happen. They just sort of act like each other for a bit and then when they go back to normal, they're just kind of like, right, I'm, I'm me again now. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It, it, it's meant to show... Empathy, yeah, but they they miss that point. Yeah, yes, <laughs> they miss that point. Or at least by about a mile. Or at least spoiler alert: one of them learns a lesson, the other one doesn't. I'll leave you to guess which one before we get to it. Speaking <laughs> of a nice gag, Salem returns after stealing some concealer, but he's only gone and completely concealed himself. Invisible. Well, again, another great little joke. I much preferred that one. But Graham, you, <laughs> you missed the joke, didn't you? Originally, yes, because obviously they need a soft surface for Salem to be on, for his indentation to appear on, to convey the fact that he is there, but yeah. he's invisible. Um, so they choose a, a cushion, which is sensible, because they're in the living room, they're on the sofa. And so Salem's voice, Nick Mackay's voice, starts uh, starts um, sounding out, and uh, there's this cushion as he speaks, like... Going in and out. I thought Salem, somehow, I don't know why, I don't know what the gag would be, had transformed himself into a cushion. And you may think, well, that's fucking stupid, Graham. And it's not, because because we've had talking furniture on this show. It's not that out of the realms of possibility. Okay, yeah, I don't know what the joke would be. But I thought Salem was a cushion for a few minutes there. I know what the joke would have been. He's concealed himself, so it's full camouflage. So no matter where he is, he was a cushion there, and if he went into the kitchen, he'd be a fork or something. There we go! Thank you, Chris. Or a blender. That would have been the joke. Yeah. But it wasn't. He was invisible. You could have got some mileage out of that, anyway. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Do you think the talking furniture could have been, Graham, in your mind, uh, witches who have just applied too much makeup? Maybe, but then again... (laughs) When that so when that sofa speaks, yeah, his his the underneath of his cushions and his base go up and down, so the witch would have to be inside the sofa pushing it up and down. <laughs> so probably not. <laughs> That's it. They could be hostless as well. Like yeah. uh, upstairs, and Zaza approaches Sabrina with a literal solution to her problem with Harvey: pure ambition, a cologne that will make him super sight and super driven. Yeah, ah, See? I like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah solution. Yeah. Uh, uh, so it's pure ambition, which is like an aftershave that uh, she's going to spray on Harvey. Oh, and it smells really gross because you know what they say: success is ninety nine percent perspiration. I did really like that as well. Yes. Yeah, I liked it. You got to work hard at it if you want to succeed. It's Bosh. Nan- It's ninety nine percent perspiration and one percent inspiration. Is it? 
Did you say something, the phrase? Yeah, it's it, yeah, something like that. Yeah, perspiration in one percent. Basically, you can have the idea, but then you've got. To, it's, it's great you've got the idea, but you've got to then go and work at it. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. That yeah, 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 yeah. We've worked it out. Yeah, <laughs> we get one hundred percent. We're fine. I'd say I'd say success is one percent inspiration, one percent perspiration, ninety eight percent wealth. <laughs> 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 yeah. the Alan Sugar model that's yes. working for you um, uh, so in school and Sabrina interrupts Harvey's pessimistic ramblings concerning a car he'll never fix by giving him this sweat new perfume which he loves and then suddenly he wants to leave class and just go fix that car he's ambitious he, he wants to fix that car he's got a goal that's what it is it's target setting isn't it it's target setting it's like you've got your dream You've got your goal, and then you've got tasks, yeah? And what they say is that you should have tasks that lead to the goal, and they should take no more than two days. The goal can take as long as it takes to get to the goal, but it all works towards your dream. So, yeah, your dream is the one. And And his current dream at this state is to to fix that damn car. To fix that damn car. That's No, that's his goal. His dream is to become a mechanic. There you go, mate. Ah. The dream's the mechanic. The goal is fix the car. The task is sort out that carburetor. Yeah, it's a shame that we've he's, he's chatting to a, a a voiceless friend here. I would have liked to have seen a return of, of Ramage, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's sad. I wanted one of Harvey's old car buddies. He says of the, the aftershave that it smells like his... Dog's rolled over in something His dog has rolled died? over something that's died yeah. and everybody around is like, oh... I like to think like Will Ferrell and Adam McKay were maybe watching this, and uh, that's where they got the inf- inspiration for the sex panther scene from uh, Anchorman. Maybe. <laughs> yes! yes, there we go. Yes. Well, sex panther could be pure ambition. It could. <laughs> the ambition to just be a sexy panther. Yeah. Could be. Well, we've seen sexy giraffes. I mean, sexy panthers. It's not a stretch of the imagination. No. And we've seen Black Panther. He was pretty sexy in there. That is awesome. very true. Yeah. Um, so because Harvey isn't ambitious in the same way that Sabrina would be, she reckons she might have to douse him in it a little bit more later. We make a short stop at home where Hilda and Zelda don't seem to have changed. That is until Zaza suggests filling in all the holes at the golf course. Hilda decides to stay and practice the violin and Zelda decides to have some fun. Yeah, filling the holes at the go- golf course. I mean, that's naughty. That, what does that achieve? Uh, it pisses off rich people, and that's always a good thing. Oh to yes. Do. Oh, okay. Then yeah, I'm fine with it. Then I was just wondering what it achieved. But if it's pissing it's off rich people, crazy like... golf. Oh that no, that's oh yeah, no, no. It pisses no. off people of all ages. Uh, yes, yeah, generally upsetting children and people like us with the minds of children. <laughs> yes. So yeah, don't don't do that. What would they fill the holes with? Gravel. Gravel would be the easiest of the most, or, or dirt, like the most yeah. uh, re- readily available resource. Uh, sand from the bunkers. Yeah. Uh, or. Or concrete. Oh, wow. You really wanted to leave a lasting impression. Concrete, yeah. I mean, they're witches. They can fill it in with anything. A really tiny cement mixer. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, just driven by ants. Yeah. I mean, if if, if Zelda truly did have the mindset of Hilda, then she'd just fill it up with, like, just body parts and, and gunk and... She'd fill it up with a spike that when they peer into the hole to see what's going on, the spike just goes... Yeah. May, or maybe maybe just some like bile, human bile. <laughs> yeah. Or Looney Land. 
Oh yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. That's, that's where it is. Uh, of same yet universe. Another, re- another reference to uh, cinema's greatest. Yeah, the, movie. the greatest film, Space Jam. The, the, the Looney Land is 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 another realm. Yeah. Speaking of, actually, what what uh, came in the press uh, this week at the time of recording was there was originally a sequel to Space Jam planned soon after the release of the first film okay. called Skate Jam. Featuring Tony Hawk. Of course there was. I mean, that yeah, that's just just the right time period. It would have been out probably round about the time that these Sabrina episodes were airing, yeah. I, would, I would wager. Uh, back in school and Sabs pours more stinky cologne onto Harvey. Well, at least she, she dabs it and he flinches and she pours loads down his neck, I guess. Yeah. And he, he flips out and goes crazy. Um, and he says he's going to run away to bathe. Oh, and take the practice SAT test. He briefly looks like he's heading in the direction that uh, she wants. Yeah. But it doesn't last. No, it doesn't last, as we'll see that very, very shortly. In the kitchen, and Zelda is partaking in some of those darn pranks, like calling up a tobacco shop owner in a Frank Conniff costume and asking him <laughs> if he sells Prince Albert in a can. Only for him to open a tin of Prince Albert and find a very polite, very real, very small Prince Albert inside. However, who knows anything about Prince Albert? I know what a Prince Albert is. Well, <laughs> there, is, there is that. What, what I don't know. That's what I was really worried about. That was going to be in the tin. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Just remind me, a Prince Albert, is, is, that, is that a pierced bellend? Yes. yes. Right, yeah. What yeah. I don't know is it's if, a pierced cock. It's if the man himself had that piercing and that's where it comes from. I don't know. No, that was the rumour. That, that was the rumour? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. But what I do know about Prince Albert is that although he was married to Queen Victoria of England, he was German. Yes. And that's why the royal family of today has a lot of German ancestry. So what do you, do you mean incestry? Take that. Take that. This is this, we, we are taking down the establishment in this episode. Um boys, we have got an award-winning clip right there. Yeah. Whoa. Oh. Wow. Um <laughs> That was really funny, though. Uh, what was the saying? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, Prince Albert. P- Pierce oh, yeah. Pr- Pr- Prince, Prince Albert, Pierce Bellend or not, was German. Um, so, and he's like, hey, I say, old chap, won't you let me out of this can? He wouldn't have spoke like that. Would he have spoken like this? Maybe, because he'd be bloody angry, wouldn't he, being in that can? I don't think he would have let me out of the can! Let me out of the can! My really hurts! <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um... <laughs> And uh, hopefully none of our German listeners were offended by that, but then again, I mean, you got rid of your royal family, didn't you? So you clearly don't like them that much. So you won't mind us making fun of them. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so poor, uh, poor Frank Conniff, he, yeah, he thinks, I guess he thinks he smoked a bit too much. Yeah, doesn't speak, but good, um, good Frank Conniff. Um, good face. It's yeah, good face. Good, good Conniff face here. Very much reminded me of Nick McKay's uh, cameo as the train driver. Yeah. Uh, I got the image of a pissed penis in a tin. Just... Oh, my God. Wouldn't like Zaza made it so she opened it and it would go... <laughs> Can you imagine if that's what they filled in the holes of the golf cart with? <laughs> <laughs> Prince Albert's <laughs> <laughs> oh. There's something in there, boing. <laughs> Is it? Is that Prince Albert's cock? Oh, there's a hole in one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> Hilda comes in to rumble the not-so-invisible invisible Salem from stealing some food cans and to tell Zelda to get on with her research. So they magic her nose off, which dances wonderfully on the table. Because she's got a runny nose. She has got a runny nose. Again, another wonderful literal joke. And they are two, uh, two vintage um, like prank uh, questions, aren't they? Do you have ringing up for shot themselves tobacco? Do you have Prince Albert in a can? Yes. Well, you better let him out then. And also, is your nose running? Yeah, I don't know. Well, if it is, you better run after it. It's Same just in with the fridge. As yeah, well. is your refrigerator running exactly? Very nice, uh, literal uh, gags there, and possibly because it would be too hard to achieve, we thankfully don't see Hilda's noseless face. We just, <laughs> yeah, not... just hand over, yeah, yeah. nose area. Since we've seen Zelda's faceless face, um, I was dreading it, but we do just see her nose running away while Hilda holds her face. Yeah, we 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 do have an aversion to anything relating to obscure obscure faces because ears, face off. No, we we don't yeah. want that, do we? No, no. and, and no. body horror came back in the last did, episode yeah. as well. Yeah. So uh, that's yeah. what, yeah, they've not learned. We know yeah. that. No, I think what would have made it a bit better is if it was someone in a, in a nose costume, so the nose had yes. arms and legs running around. Preferably the same guy who played the Link Gremlin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's final period, and it's the final straw for Sabrina, as instead of nailing his exam, Harvey spent the entire time drawing up designs for the race car he's going to build, complete with seventeen cup holders, and it was. Perfectly aerodynamic. It was, yeah. If you're doing a race, not gonna, not gonna need a cup of. You don't have time. You don't have a chance for a cup of coffee, are you? Yeah. You have a helmet on for one thing. You don't need to get to your mouth. So that's a bit redundant, isn't it, Harvey? Yeah, that, that's, that's where the that's where Straw. the Homer went wrong, wasn't it? Famously, it was, had yeah. a lot of a uh, lot of cup, cup holders in his car. Yeah. So uh... Sabrina tells Jarza that her products stink, but she uses some expert reverse psychology to just sell her every product in the ambition range. Harvey will never willingly use all of these products unless Sabrina uses her secret weapon. A happy harassing Harvey montage. I did like this montage a lot because it was it was a harassing Harvey, and it was also um, Zelda um, and Jar Jar uh, torturing um, poor Hilda. Yes. Well, 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 she tries to tries to get on with her life as a musician. Most interesting scene though in this montage, the uh, I believe first one. Yeah. Uh, Harvey is showering. Get to, see, mm-hmm. get to see Nate Richard and his, uh, his, his uh, impressively hairy chest. Um, but yeah, uh, Sabrina um, appears to she come, uh, Paul McCartney again. She comes in through the bathroom window. She covers her eyes as she uh, applies the um, as she applies the lotion to uh, to Harvey. So she's clearly never seen him naked yet, and she doesn't want to spoil the surprise. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that, she that's, does that's peek nice. though. She does peek a little bit. Yeah, through her fingers. yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's nice. That's, but, that's sweet. So my point in this moment in the scene is it's poor planning who puts a window right next to the showers if someone from the outside can open up yeah which someone from the outside can open up i mean granted we're in the we're in the male changing room but is it usually in these scenarios it's identical in the female mm. changing rooms so that's just poor planning and it's just stupid i want to find out who who held the designs for uh, Westbridge's changing rooms and go and sue them. It's probably the same person that built the uh, the secret swimming pool in uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark? <laughs> oh my god, I fear for Harvey now. <laughs> um, 
But um, yeah, uh, also per- perving on uh, guys showering just as bad as perving on girls showering. As oh, well, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So in this harassing Harvey montage, we get shower scene Harvey. Ooh. We get prank flower Harvey. We get pest blower in Harvey's face, Harvey. And then the best one yet, boys, shower scene again, Harvey. Yes. He's <laughs> a very stingy man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, and join the pest blower, he pushes a boy over <laughs> yeah, he does. in rage yeah it's like what are you doing <laughs> and uh, yeah and during the course of this he's been subject to I guess some ambition soap some ambition talcum powder ambition uh, shampoo shampoo and then and that's um, spray again spray or or beverage I don't know I don't know and then alarmingly uh, she tries I guess some ambition deodorant and he's seemingly immune to it <laughs> He's, yeah. been, he's been waterboarded with it so much. Uh, but after all that, it seems that Sabrina's warped, possessive dream has come true. Harvey is becoming a better man who wants to reach his full potential. So he's dropping out of school and buying himself a garage. Because he wants to be an owner-operator. He does. He wants to be a mechanic. But also he wants to be the owner of a mechanic business. Which shows more ambition than he had at the start of the episode. Yeah, it's a perfectly fine ambition to have to own and operate your own garage absolutely yeah but you need to get an education first no you don't know i mean like you know plenty of people drop we mentioned alan sugar before um you know uh, there's many ways in which he's not a inspiration to people but what, what one one thing is for certain he didn't go to university he left school straight away set up his own market store and took it from there starting your own small business um, is is a perfectly fine ambition to have, and uh, you know I'm sure Harvey, he is you know he he is he is generally sort of a bright, resourceful guy. He certainly knows the uh, automotive trade. Yeah, he could totally do that, and that's totally fine. But Sabrina is still horrified, and yeah. that's what I don't like. I've just also realised how classist the episode is. Yes, massively classist. Massively classist. Like Sabrina wants to be upper middle class. Harvey's happy being working class and then obviously later on we find out that he goes full head over heels the other way and goes majorly upper class and starts destroying the world you know he aims to elevate by owning his own garage business yeah. he aims to sort of elevate himself as well yeah. you know like that's he is clearly aspirationally clearly wants to um make his way in this capitalist uh, society as a, as a business owner it's classist in the point of view of again, like education is the only important thing. Like if you've not got a degree, you're nobody, which mm. is an absolutely awful way to look at the world. Back home, and Zelda and Jaja have shared an afternoon of hijinks and tomfoolery. Uh, that is until the head of the research grant committee drops by to interview Zelda. At least that's what we thought. But he gets the chair pulled away from him, and a massive wedgie, a wedgie powerful enough to rupture his vocal cords and his anus. Yes, because... Uh, so, he, he he is Mr. Tornanus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and... Oh, bringing it back. This guy looked like Donald Sutherland. And <laughs> did he? He did a bit, He yeah. did a bit, yeah. That really pleased me. <laughs> wasn't it him. Was pleasing to the eyes, yeah. Donald. What, what wasn't him, though? It was nobody. Jaja asks Sabrina how Harvey's ambition is coming along, and she demands to know how it can be reversed. But it can't. Ambition must run its course. Sabrina asks if buying a garage is as far as he'll go, and it could be. Ah, permitted she only used a little bit. <gasps> Suddenly the doorbell goes, and it's Harvey in a damn fine suit, which he bought with the cool 11 million he earned on the stock markets this morning. Yeah, so 
he said that he took his savings, invested that into some yen, then he used the yen to... Yen! What? Yen! 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 What country is the yen from? China. <laughs> Chris, in two seasons you've still not learned that yen is Japanese. Oh, for fuck's sake. This is one of our, this is one of our season one highlights. Hopefully yen comes up in two seasons time and we can test you on it again. <laughs> So yes, Chris, he did, he, 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 invested, he invested in, in Japanese when, when, invested in Japanese when, he invested it in yen, he invested it in yen, then he took that and put it in pig's belly or something, um, no, no, <laughs> <laughs> He didn't put yen in a He didn't put yen in a pig's belly. Story straight. He took that yen. He took the yen. He converted it into some German currency. Okay. And he invested in pork belly. <laughs> Which is a financial term, I believe. Pork belly investment. I don't know what it means, but yeah. it's I don't, it's not literally investing in pork. I thought he was investing in pork. It's also interesting, though, that he, inter- he uh, converted his yen into Deutschmarks because obviously Deutschmarks would cease to exist like a year later mm-hmm. when the euro came into being. So, oh. uh, yeah. So, yeah, you got the deal in at the right time, yeah. I guess. And now he made a cool 11 mil. And uh, Sweeney's like, well, just think of the college you can go to. And he was like, yeah, I might buy one. Uh, Salem, meanwhile, is being a little tinker, being invisible, so Hilda wraps him up in towels so he looks like a goofy mummy. Why does he have glasses? <laughs> it's, a, it's a trope to uh, to the invisible man. Ah. It is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Very old, good. the uh, monster. Yeah. Yes. And what's ah. good as well is Nick yeah, yeah, Kai, yeah. the method actor as he is always, uh, seems to be speaking Salem's lines through a towel. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. yes, he does. Commitment. And the puppet, is, again, is... is um, yeah, it, the uh, the towel rin mouth is all moving up and down, so it's very very funny. And the uh, and the tail is consistently wagging. Yes. Yeah. D- is this a custom puppet, or or do you think they have wrapped the animatronic just, around in I thin think, towels? I think they just just put bandages around the animatronic. <laughs> Surely not worth it for that one scene. <laughs> just it was a good joke though. It yeah. was a good joke, but I don't. I mean, come on, the money it would have taken. No, they just put bandages around the. The animatronic. In school and Harvey delivers another batch of news Sabrina didn't want to hear. He can't make the mayor's fundraiser. Oh, and he's working out how much it'll cost to bulldoze the school. He wants to knock everything on this block to make way for his new empire. And luckily for him, only an orphanage and an old folks home stand in his way. And it's okay because they're bad negotiators. Yes, he says the good thing about old people and kids, they can't negotiate. So he's got an easy ride. When did you last see an orphanage? They're not a thing, are they? Not yeah, not I thought they were. They, like, they only exist in TV and books, don't they? Yeah, exactly. Like you know, like like you know, some sort of like Blues Brothers type like orphanage that doesn't exist. No, like, but the, no, there is social housing for 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 children. It's like a it, it's a, a before time before they get a foster family. Yeah, it's or, like well, or it, a look or or a being taken in by another family and are officially a looked after child. Yeah, it's, it's the dumping ground in Tracy Beaker. but yeah. they're, they're not. They're not. <laughs> Orphans usually they're just p- kids who've been given up by their yeah. parents. They're just kids in care. So one of those places. Sabrina can't stand the new Harvey, so she asks Salem how she can put a stop to it. He suggests a prognosis hypnosis spell, which shows a person what could happen if they continue doing what they're doing. 
For the next couple of minutes, it all goes a little Christmas carol, however, as Sabrina, appearing as a ghost, takes Harvey through his impending future, like a loveless third marriage, depressed children. What a sweet moustache. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously Harvey, you know, becomes a big horrible Tory, and that's not cool, but what is cool? Nate Richard in a suit. Fly. Nate Richard in a greying moustache. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> but it wasn't just like a moustache, it was like, it was a brush Mustache, yeah, proper fluffy. It was, ah, it? Oh, it was, it was Tom Selleck yeah. level yeah, mustache. Yeah, it was. It was a proper mustache of yeah. distinction. Yes, I do like the consistency with Harvey's characters because uh, obviously his ambition, as we now know, is to be a mechanic. But it seems that unknowingly, his ambition has always been to grow a mustache because we've seen a glimpse into the future uh, before, yeah. where Harvey had a sweet mustache. Yes, that's right. So. Uh, He's always ambitious to grow facial hair to prove that he's a man, I guess. Yeah, that's very true. My my personal favourite moment in this in this scene uh, with the children and the wife is it's his third wife. She's as clever as two thick planks. Yeah, I didn't like that. I didn't like that. But but what I did like is he came home, said hello, children, patted them on the head, and then goes to kiss his wife and then pats her on the head as well. It's like you're just another item I have. And she's like, uh, it's like Harvey, darling, your children feel unloved. Mm, I'll get my secretary to write a good note to them. The best line is just before that, where um, where Harvey's wife says, uh, "Oh, the uh, Cody and Louise, so whatever they called it, are really upset." And Harvey goes, "And they are." <laughs> Your children are so upset, so miserable. Oh, she shows him the school where everyone now wears gas masks because of the nearby toxic fumes, because of the power plant or chemical. The, nuclear, the chemical plant he built on the football field. Yes. Uh, the surveying the planes, you know, as in like on The Lion King, except across all of that, instead of the planes that you must never go to, it's the all the chemical plants that you cannot go to because you'll die from all the fumes. Yes, mm. this massive Blade Runner-esque uh, skyline of yeah. just... just smoke towers and just yeah just grimness and he says oh well if people don't like it they should move to the countryside and then sabrina drops the bombshell this is the countryside you should see what they did to the city yeah, yeah. Well, we don't know there, there is a slight ray of help uh, help <laughs> slight ray of help uh, there is a slight ray of hope though as there is uh, one tree one glorious little was, tree yeah. in the middle of all this and that is that the park that he commissioned yeah yeah it's a uh, it sets a very kafka-esque sort of uh, feeling it's like you just wake up you go to work and you keep repeating it yeah it's very very bleak yeah. it also reminded me of the episode of the Fresh Prince with the uh, campaign to save the one tree that grows in Brooklyn so <laughs> <laughs> yeah so Sabrina the ghost delivers Harvey back home and she says oh what do you regret um, you're going to change your ways he says I regret nothing oh apart from that uh, that park I commissioned what a waste of space <sighs> so even the Christmas Carol journey that led Ebenezer Scrooge to change his ways wasn't strong enough for this ambitious young lad. No. I mean, if it's good enough for Michael Caine, it should be good enough for Harvey Kinkle. And um, yeah, I mean, but if Ebenezer Scrooge um, bathed in ambition, then maybe he wouldn't have been swayed by those uh, those ghosts. Or maybe because he was only visited by one ghost, it didn't work. <laughs> they needed two ah, more. Ah, yeah. So if, so if Serena disappeared and come back and said, "Know me better, man." Yeah, exactly. He would have been fine. And then came back as the Grim Reaper and yeah. showed Harvey yeah. his grave. She did show him his funeral, and it was a massive party. Yeah. But he still didn't care. No. <laughs> he didn't like, care that he was dead. No. But maybe. Well, this is a common misconception, but there's actually four ghosts in uh, A Christmas Carol. Marley. Oh, of course, yes. So Sabrina, would, Sabrina should have been the Marley of this, and then three more ghosts yeah. after and that. And famously, it's not five 
ghost. It's not two Marley brothers. There is only one Marley. It's only yeah. Jacob Marley. Yeah, it's only Jacob Marley. Yeah, not Robert, aka Bob Marley. Yes. <laughs> That the uh, yeah. flaming Jim Henson made us believe. I never, re- I never realised why they called him Robert, because it was Bob. Oh. <laughs> it's Bob Marley. Isn't well it? done, Jim Henson. <laughs> <laughs> Upon hearing the news of Westbridge High's incoming demolition, Hilda offers to help Sabrina by confronting Jaja for her poor, thoughtless upselling. She gave Sabrina ambition without perspective, because she sold her blind ambition. Hey. Uh... Nice. That's nice. Oh, and, and obviously Hilda is helping Sabrina because uh, Zelda's too busy trying to melt her army men under her, uh, sort of, I guess, science bunts yeah. and burner torch or something. She's, yeah. she's become Sid from Toy Story, basically. <laughs> yeah. I mean, fl- blind ambition is like mascarpone. Why is there a horse with a blindfold on? Mascarpone. No, it's how, how do you hide a horse? Yeah, mascarpone. Well, no, no, it's not. That's, that's what it's <laughs> how do you hide a horse? Mascarpone! <laughs> what cheese do you use to hide a, a horse? horse? Mascarpone. mascarpone. What cheese do you use to make a, a, a bear come out of its cave? Camembert. Cam yep. Uh, what does the cheese say when it looks in the mirror? Hello, me! <laughs> what do you call cheese that doesn't belong to you? Nacho cheese. Cheese jokes. <laughs> Got any more cheese jokes? Um, <laughs> Please send them in. We wa- yeah. yeah, we want to hear them. Not, uh, not cheesy jokes. No. Hashtag cheese, cheese jokes. jokes. Yes. Yes. And if you can incorporate uh, Gorgonzola, I will be very happy. Yes. Wensleydale. Gorgonzola. Brie. We're just naming Parmesan. Che- just naming cheese like we name countries. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think people want to hear us do this. It, it's It's not good. Oh! Finally, the perspective arrives in the form of a gooey eyeball, yes. uh, which she throws onto Harvey's head just before he breaks ground and promises to demolish the nearby buildings and the lives of every local protester. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did like the eyeball. I didn't know how it was going to be used. But it's a third eye. It's a third yeah. eye. And you know how people who centre themselves in a spiritual... Yeah. They always say, you've got to use your third eye. The mind's eye, yeah. yeah. The mind's eye, the third yeah. eye. I can read your aura. And that's how he gets perspective, through spirituality. Mm-hmm. It's a nice little message at the end yeah. of this capitalist episode. Yeah, I'll tell you what is a good message as well. Is um, There was a poster throughout the episode, which uh, unfortunately the DVD quality isn't as... Isn't good enough to uh, work out exactly what it's saying. It was something to do with abstinence and abstinence and future. Couldn't quite work out what it was. However, I did read a nice picket sign. It said, make love, not money. Ah, oh, well, there we oh, go. That's, that's, uh... Unless you're a prostitute. Do both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Consolidate. <laughs> Your existing business. <laughs> so just in the nick of time, Harvey decides to keep the school for the food and give all the money away to, uh, to orphans to old people, and old orphans get double. Yeah. Nice. Old orphans. are. So it's all resolved. <laughs> Aren't there a lot of old orphans? Because, obviously, people tend to outlive their parents. So, wait, does that mean everyone who reaches it, if their parents are dead, they become orphans? They become orphans, they yeah. Orphans? yeah. I'd like to, like to ask Harvey about his, his policy on old orphans. What constitutes an old orphan? What does constitute an old orphan? Tweeters at Sabrina... <laughs> That's not all, folks, as well, as he has a new ambition. Harvey now wants to be the most well-read and educated mechanic there is, so he decides to still revise for his SATs. Sabrina is actually quite happy with this outcome, the fact that 
doing extra work. He's making sure he's well educated, but I guess she's come to terms that if he wants to be a mechanic, he can, and I should just let him do that. It's no, it's more about the fact that he's entertaining the option of going to college. Exactly, yeah. that's what it is. It's about <laughs> yeah. it's about keeping your options open. Well, and you should keep your options open. You know, saying I'm going to be a mechanic. And, you know, regardless of any other opportunity that comes up or any of, you know, any of my personal sort of feelings changing, yeah. that's what I'm going to do. That is just as unhealthy as saying I have to go to college. So, yeah, keep your options open. But it seems well that Sabrina is happy that he might end up going to college. And if in the end he decides against it, she might be unhappy again. And that's not good. Yeah. But for the time being, at the end of this 22-minute episode, yes. she's happy and all things are right. Uh, meanwhile at home, Hilda and Zelda's moccasins experiment comes to an end, as this scene seems to be directed by Quentin Tarantino, because we get a nice close-in of their feet. Oh, man! <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very, yeah, very, very fetishistic. Yeah. Uh, that's King Kink. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> that is kinky. Um, but yeah, so we just get a zoom in of uh, both their pairs of feet as their moccasins kind of dissolve, they fizzle yeah. away, and uh, Zelda is is kind of she's understood that okay, it was nice to have one. I don't have to be so uptight all the time. I can just learn to relax and enjoy my life. And then Hilda just picks up an air horn, fires it in her face, and is just happy to be a tinker again. And actually yells, "I'm back!" Which and I, runs away, which I loved. <laughs> yeah, I'm back. <laughs> Hiya. <laughs> So it's very, very good fun. So yeah, Zelda learnt a lesson in that subplot, but yeah, Hilda very much didn't. Credits roll and Jar Jar is about to leave, but not before she can quickly throw another family secret at Sabrina. Shoehorn! <laughs> it's not actually, Chris. It's a snake. Oh yeah, sorry. I did like the whole, oh, a snake, very funny. And I know that is the family secret. <laughs> that is the suggestion. But snake. we're all snakes and reptiles like the royal family. See what I did there, Roy. They're, 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 get, they're getting it in this episode of the Royal Family. Won't want to be them right now. <laughs> add a boy, Chris. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Add a boy. He said, add a boy. Add a boy. Yeah. I, 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 add a boy, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see. Yeah. I see. I see. That's constricted. <laughs> well, we've rattled off another episode. <laughs> there we go. There it is. Yeah. Well, there we go, boys. Episode thirty. As I said, I'm looking for some. But I think we were quite fortunate this episode. It's targeted a very, very serious, very uh, surreal, very, uh, very uh, utopia grotty uh, vision of the future. But dystopia. 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 What did no, I say? Utopia. You said utopia. Utopia is the good one. Oh, is it? Where yeah. everyone gets along and the and, and and shit smells like roses. Okay. That's the okay. Well, we didn't see that scene. But yeah, no, a dystopian future on behalf of Harvey. But yeah, I think I think it was a good episode, boys. What about you? Um, yeah, absolutely enjoyed it. Um, I thought. Uh... Nate Richard was uh, fantastic in this episode. I, I, I loved him as uh, the filthy, evil uh, capitalist. I really enjoyed Cheryl Lee Ralph um, in uh, in her uh, in her role. I thought I thought she brought a lot of energy to it and a lot of uh, a lot of mischief. And I enjoyed uh, Hilda and Zelda swapping places. I enjoyed uh, seeing Hilda as the voice of reason and Zelda as a as a turd. Um, Sailor had a fun outing too. All, all in all, the the regular cast who were all present, obviously, uh, no uh, Craft or uh, Valerie or Libby. Uh, or Libby, but of the, of, the, of the regular cast who were present, they all had great outings that either were consistent with their character or spun their character in a fitting and uh, enjoyably uh, contrasting way. Yes. Uh, Chris, there wasn't many laugh-out-loud moments in this episode, but do you still think that made for a good a good watch? 
Yeah, no, uh, it might not have been laugh out loud, but it was with, with, with the enjoyment of the pranks, with, with the, the Harvey storyline. It, it was, a, I felt it was a well-rounded episode. It, it, it didn't focus too much on one thing or the other. What I have just realised, chaps, is we've gone through nearly this entire podcast and not mentioned how Orwellian the episode was. Well, we talked plenty about Orwellian, didn't we? <laughs> 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 uh, well, we might as well find out what uh, we believe this episode uh, deserves as a score, as at the end of each episode, we uh, critique each one in a series of uh, categories. They are magic, wit, creativity and progression. Uh, boys, first of all, magic. How well was magic used and was it a magical episode? Well, I mean, it's one of those. We had the we had the moccasins, we had the blind ambition, we had Salem invisible, we had pranks left, right and centre. The mind's eye. You had the mind's eye. I mean, spell-wise and casting spells, not that much. Not a lot, apart from, uh, I failed to mention as well, Zaza sort of has a has her own personal way of using magic. When it comes to like magic and creativity, it's like, where am I going to put those points? Yep. So I think I'm going to have to go down down the line. Yeah, I'd say three. Yeah, three. That's a pretty good okay. episode, yeah. So three for magic. What about wit? Um, well written. I thought, it was, it? I thought it was very well written. Um, I mean, we always notice Frank Connick episodes, whereas we mm. don't notice other writers so much, so we probably give him, like, disproportionate amount of praise because we know who he is and about him but yeah his episodes are, 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 are usually very snappy and this this one was no uh, this one was no exception um, yeah I, I thought I thought there was there, there was some good lines and just just generally sort of I think everything involving Rich Harvey I laugh you say there weren't that many laugh out loud moments I laughed out loud quite a lot of, of the Rich Harvey scenes particularly with his kids mm-hmm. uh, in the uh, the future vision so uh, yeah I'd, I'd say it was a witty episode I'd give it a four Oh, four. I'm definitely happy with the four. Excellent. Uh, what about creativity? With everything that was going on, the literal nose running, the literal walk a mile in the shoes, blind ambition, third eye, invisible concealer. It was a highly creative episode. Yeah, I, I think it echoes pretty much magic, but I think it was uh, very creative. Yeah, highly creative. I'd have to say five. Yeah, yeah I'm happy with the five, especially with all those little cutscenes as well. Yeah, very they, nice. They ran riot in this episode. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, five. Finally, progression. One for uh, the snake. One for the snake. Two for the show. Um, <laughs> but um, I mean, again, we had a shoehorn family secret at the end. Progression-wise, Harvey might go to college. Sabrina didn't really learn anything no. from the whole... Uh... As we said, we don't feel satisfied that she's learned her lesson for now. No. Yeah, let's... We'll say one for the snake and one for Harvey might go <laughs> might go to college. So a grand total of two. Two for progression and that, yeah. yeah. They're so not doing very well with progression. They're the really guys. not doing well with progression. <laughs> definitely definitely their uh, they're weak point in our criteria. Yeah. Oh, hands down, yeah. 14 out of 20. Yeah, so a pretty good out in there, guys. So yeah, what price, Harvey? Well, I guess it was worth whatever we paid for it. I'm very excited about the name of this episode. Number 14 is our next one. Would you like to know what it's called and have a guess at what it might be about? We usually do, Phil. We usually really enjoy this section of the uh, of our podcast. It's the only bit you look forward to. Episode 14, Mrs. Craft. Oh. Oh. Well, I mean, we know that they're has been at least one Mrs. Craft. Yeah. Um, because he's getting a divorce. Lives with his grandmother because he has been divorced and he 
believes that his, ex- his ex-wife is the root of all his problems. Yes. Regardless of how bizarre and varied they may be. Well, so, we did posit that his ex-wife might have been a witch. Oh, yes, we did. So, yeah, do we meet Mr. Kraft's ex-wife? And is she indeed a witch? Well, boys, episode 14, next week's episode, Mrs. Kraft. Zelda invites Mr. Kraft to stay with them. So Sabrina and Hilda decide to track down his ex-wife, Lucy, who turns out to be a witch. Hey! We were right! That, it makes me all. think, though, you know, when... Um, oh, I can't remember what episode it was, but season two, when a piece of paper scrumpled up and disappeared yeah. before his eyes and he went something tells me my ex-wife is behind this do you think he's actually referring to I just witnessed magic my ex-wife is behind yeah, it yeah he could have been we thought he was oh, just being, yeah. a, being a crank and being a bitter divorced middle aged man that he is but yeah he may have actually literally been uh, ascribing uh, it to his ex-wife because he's seen her do magic do you think Mr. Kraft does or doesn't know his wife his ex-wife is a witch he he did know and she raised that the magic sections of his life because people can do that. Yeah, because Hermione Granger did that in Harry Potter. She did. She, she, she obliviated her parents, so you know we know same universe. Uh, so we know that's a possibility. So I I reckon he was married. He knew about witchcraft. She erased his memory of wit- witchery, and that is why he is so obsessed with the Spellman family. And of course, Men in Black, same universe, obviously, they have the douche. Yeah. Which, the douche uh, is the that same, same thing as the boing Yeah, the douche erases the memory. And I reckon he never knew, though. I don't think he ever had his mind erased. I think he always had his suspicions that okay. there was something not quite right with her. And he has those same suspicions about the Spellmans, and that's why he's obsessed with them. But we'll just have to wait and see. That is next week's episode, number 14. Called Mrs. Craft. As for this week, I very much hope you enjoyed it. My name has been Phil all the way through, and I've been joined by my two friends. They have been Graham Riley. Goodbye, Phil. Goodbye, uh, listeners. I'm off to play some golf. I hope no uh, no tomfoolery occurs. <laughs> and uh, I've been joined by Christopher Evans. Thank you, Chris. Uh, thank you, Phil. Thank you, Graham. I've uh, I've enjoyed my time here. I'm now going to go and uh, destroy the world with capitalism. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, and I'm going to go and destroy my penis by getting it pierced. Oh, God, no. Do head over to iTunes uh, whenever you can and leave us a lovely five-star review because the more reviews we get, the uh, well, the more uh, the more exposure we'll get and potentially more voices and ears and faces and toes and every body part can get involved in our podcast. Even Boys, Prince Albert's. Even Prince Albert's. Boys, can they get in contact with us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, 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 if they so wish, they absolutely can. Reach us on uh, Twitter at Sabrina Watch. They can find us at, uh, on Facebook. Uh, we have a page, Sabrina the Teenage Watch. And you can also get in touch via email. We are Sabrina Teenage Watch at gmail.com. Well, that leaves it just one last thing to say. May every little thing you do be, be magic. magic.